0: Hey, this is Matthew Lilly, welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, I'm going to be talking about two expressions of the prayer movement fasting and feasting. Should our prayer meetings and our prayer ministries primarily be solemn or primarily be joyful? I'm excited to talk about that today. Look, before I dive in, I'm going to share some stuff from scripture, share a little bit about two expressions of the global worship and prayer movement that I'm seeing happening, especially here in America. Right now, but I want to welcome you to the podcast. If you're new here, we exist to help you and your community experience and host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. We believe God's presence changes everything. You can track with us on our website at PresencePioneers.org where you can see all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe via email, which is my, my preference, my favorite, so that you can stay connected with us. You can subscribe in whatever podcast app you use or YouTube if you're watching us. On YouTube as well, be sure to hit the little bell after you subscribe so that you get updates when we share new episodes. Anything you can do to give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or share it on social media, all of that helps. And it gets the word out uh, so that the message grows, so that the prayer movement strengthen, so that Jesus is glorified. And thank you to those who are sharing great feedback with us and already sharing this on social media. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, let's dive in today, because in my experience, a lot of people tend to lean one way or another when it comes to prayer. You have those who are solemn. Uh, You know, in Joel it says, um, "Call a solemn assembly." It says to weep between porch and altar, and it's got this solemnity to it. But then you've got these verses in Isaiah where it says, "Like be joyful in my house of prayer." And so, so how do you? Uh, navigate those kinds of things. Well, well, the truth is, a lot of people, when you, when you look at the at biblical truth, they tend to emphasize one or the other. But usually, the answer is not which one is it. It's usually both and, not either or. And that's the case here. God actually is is wanting us to live in the tension of both of these realities, and and it means that the prayer movement, our personal prayer lives. Prayer ministries and movements and organizations need to embrace both of these realities, what I'm going to call fasting and feasting, the dance and the dirge, uh, solemn assembly and joyful assembly, both of these things. We need both of them. So you see this even when, you you know, the same idea of people choosing either or instead of both and with like prayer and missions, like do we go or do we, do we stay? Do we minister to the Lord or do we minister to others? And of course, we do both of those things. So for, for about 20 years, there's just been this day and night worship and prayer movement that has exploded all over the earth. It's amazing. I've got previous episodes about this. You can go and listen and get all the details of what God's doing. But it's had a certain tone to it, I feel like, and most of it has been pretty solemn. I mean, there's been this Joel 2 call, this, this call to fasting and, and to repentance and to prayer, this idea of solemn assemblies. Uh, even 24-7 houses of prayer, they call themselves 24-7 solemn assemblies. And so there's been this sort of like call to respond to crisis with prayer and with fasting. There's this been this focus on the bride and the bridegroom, the return of Jesus, and, and, and this desire that we would long for His return and the fullness of His kingdom to come. And, and so those emphasis, those focuses are actually good biblical and right, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking those things and is continuing to speak those things and call us into those things. And so I want to give credit where credit is due, because there's always been this this call to joy in the house of prayer and enjoying God and intimacy with the Lord. But the truth is the tone and the culture of the prayer movement has sort of been more solemn, uh, if we're honest, especially in houses of prayer and those kinds of movement. So it's been this yearning and this groaning for uh, what we have not yet experienced with the kingdom of God. But the truth is here, here's the underlying reality. The kingdom of God is both now and not yet. So Jesus has come but he's coming again and so he's come and we can enter into the kingdom of God now we can experience the presence of God now and and others can do that as well people can be healed People can be saved. We can begin to impact the world around us. We can advance the kingdom of God, His purposes and His will on the earth. Uh, He moves through us to do that. That's happening now. But the the reality is that the fullness of what God wants to bring to the earth is going to happen in the future. It has not happened yet. And so there's both of those things happening at the same time. And so much of the prayer movement, I feel like personally, has been focused on the not yet of the kingdom. We're longing for more. We're contending. We're growing. We're fasting, we're crying out, we're yearning. All those things are good and right. But I'm seeing this new expression that's rising up uh, that, that's got a little bit of a different expression That that's focused more on the kingdom now. And, and this is good. I, I, I think there's been a measure of that in the House of Prayer Movement already, but there's something new that's happening. There's this focus on joy, love songs to Jesus, celebration. It's just got a new feel to it, a different feel to it that I'm seeing. And so a couple examples of this, the Burn 24-7, like the movement we're, we're a part of, I'm a part of, we, we talk about being prophets of hope. There's this joyful, hopeful take on the prayer movement, Uh, In David's tent in D.C., which has been hosting 24-7 live worship for the last four years, uh, they call it a 24-7 love song to Jesus. So that's a little bit different than a 24-7 solemn assembly. It's just got a little bit of a different feel to it places like the Upper Room, where there's just this wild celebratory worship, and they're, they say that they're hosting the presence of God, um, or like Awaken the Dawn, uh, the, the ministry I'm also a part of, the movement I'm also a part of here in America, where David Bradshaw's founder uses phrases like global festival of glory. There's this these tents and this celebration, this proclamation of the gospel, and it's just got a little bit of a different feel to it than these solemn assemblies and sort of this fasting and longing. Growing. There's this celebration that the kingdom of God is now, that we can celebrate uh, and experience His presence now, that, that the gospel is finished, it's done, what Jesus Jesus has already accomplished it. And so there's kind of these two things. And so I've kind of been like wrestling, like, God, what are you doing right now? Because there's kind of these two expressions that I see. and And so if you're not careful, you could think one is right and one is wrong. But I just want to say that both of them are right, that we actually need— Both. It's not either or, it's both and, because the kingdom of God is now, but the kingdom of God is both uh, now and not yet. And so that's actually, and I actually think it's important that we live in the tension of both, because that's actually the place of intercession. We stand in the gap between the kingdom that's now and the kingdom that's not yet. We've got our foot in the reality of the brokenness of the world right now, but we've got another foot in eternity, in the future, and we're seeing that come now. The kingdom of God that's going to come in fullness at the return of Christ is breaking out even right now. And so as intercessors, we have to actually live in the tension of both. We celebrate the kingdom that's now, the presence of God, the gospel, the cross, what Jesus has already done, and yet we long, we groan, we yearn, and we, we contend for, and we fast, and we, we we desire more, and we desire the fullness. We, we actually live in both of those realities. So I want to give you a couple biblical pictures to, to these, two, these two points here. Hey, guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come and the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, You can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. Uh, in in the Jewish culture in the Old Testament, they had these uh, these feast days, you know these these uh, holidays, these gatherings in Jerusalem, these special days every year. And there's two in the fall that happened uh, that kind of give us a picture of this. There, there's this Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which bookend this period called the Ten Days of Awe, which happens every fall, and then. Not too long after that, you have the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Sukkot, which happens. And so these feasts point to the second coming of Jesus, but but they point to the days of all their, their time of repentance. It's solemn. It's It was the day of atonement. Okay, and this points to the, the judgment of, of Jesus when he returns and he judges the earth. It, it It calls us to repentance. And so that's real and that's good. Those 10 days. I actually had a, um, a podcast episode with Jonathan Friz, where I interviewed Jonathan Frizz, and he has a ministry called 10 Days uh, that focuses on those 10 days of awe, and they called for united uh, prayer and repentance during those times. But then you have the Feast of Tabernacles. And so during the Feast of Tabernacles, it's a celebration of the harvest. Uh, it's celebratory. It's worshipful. And there's a different feel to it. And so those two, those two feasts actually kind of give us this picture, this fe- fasting and feasting, the Days of All and the Feast of Tabernacles. And so it's cool that here in America— we, we've got these movements that are rising up. You've got 10 days, which, again, we'll link to this in the show notes, the interview I did with Jonathan Frizz on 10 days. This 10 days where we're calling cities to shut down, to fast and to pray and to repent collectively. And then we've got Awaken the Dawn which is gathering in tents and celebrating the presence of Jesus, worshiping wildly and creatively, and then preaching the gospel, the good news. Uh, those are both happening, and I actually believe they're both really important. And I think the prayer movement and the body of Christ needs to embrace both of those things as well. God wants us to enter into both of these things in a greater way. So that's one picture you have the the— 10 days of all, and you have the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the that's first biblical picture. The other one is what I would call the dance and the dirge. So this is based off, off what Jesus says in Matthew 11. So let's see. Starting at verse 16, he says, To what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in marketplaces, calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you. And you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating or, or drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a winebibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. So, what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about John the Baptist who came before him, and then Jesus is saying, you rejected both of these. You rejected the dance and the dirge. You didn't enter into either one of those. You rejected John, and uh, you rejected Jesus. And so John was sort of this forerunner. He was this picture of the kingdom that was not yet. He was proclaiming something that wasn't yet there. He was calling people to repentance, Right. And he was, he was fasting. He was he was eating locust and honey in the wilderness. And so it's that picture of that 10 days. It's the picture of the fasting. It's the picture of the kingdom not yet. This is uh, John the Baptist. And so you have this dirge, and then you have Jesus who comes, and of course, that points to the kingdom that's now. Jesus came to said, the kingdom of God is now, and he brought the kingdom of God with him, and he was not fasting. It says he was eating and drinking and all those kinds of things. And so that's, a, that's another biblical picture, the dance and the dirge. God invites us into both of those. And then you have the joyful assembly and the solemn assembly. I'm I'm stealing this language from Jason Hershey, who leads David's Tent DC, from his book called David's Tent. But it's connected to these scriptures in Joel 2, verse 15 through 16, which says, "'Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly,' gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders. So this is that call to fasting. It's the dirge. It's the days of all. It's the solemn assembly. And then you have in Hebrews 12, verse 24, it says, You have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So you have the joyful assembly in Hebrews 12 and the solemn assembly in Joel 2. The Bible calls us to both, and he's raising up both, and we need to live in the tension of both as intercessors and as as prayer people, as Christians who pray, and especially as leaders of ministries and churches and uh, prayer groups that we would that we would do both. We would celebrate, but we would also mourn at the same time. There would be a, a time for being solemn and a time for being joyful. All right, the, the last picture here is in Ezra 3, and this was the most recent one. As, as I was thinking about these things, I was reading through the book of Ezra, and I came across this in Ezra chapter 3, and I thought it was just such a beautiful picture of what I'm talking about here. Uh, they restored the temple, and in verse 12, it says, Many of the priests and Levites, heads of the Father's house, old men who had seen the first temple, went with a loud voice when the foundation of the temple was laid, Before their eyes, yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far off. I love this. So you have these people that are weeping and shouting for joy at the same time. Isn't that a perfect picture? I believe God wants that. In the prayer movement. He wants this sound of weeping and the sound of joy to go out at the same time that they would go together and crescendo together, uh, you know, to usher in the kingdom of God to the earth. And so I want to encourage you to enter into both of those. Most people probably lean one way or the other. They tend to focus on the not yet or the now. And I want to encourage you, if you find yourself leaning one way or the other, to to embrace uh, the the other aspect of the prayer movement, to embrace the other uh, the dance or the dirge, you know the joy or the solemnity, whatever whatever way you lean, maybe lean the other way, maybe. If you're, if you're the one that's contending and fasting and pushing and crying out, maybe just learn to enjoy, learn to dance, learn to celebrate, learn to eat a good meal, you know, celebrate what Jesus has already done. And if you're the one that's the kingdom is now, the kingdom is now, then maybe uh, realize that, that the world is broken, that there's injustice, that there's things that are not right yet and they will not be right until Jesus returns and maybe take some time and fast Contend and learn to to enter into the tension uh, of intercession as well. So. I hope that made sense. I hope that helps you. I want to pray for you today. God, anybody that watches this podcast, I, I, hears this podcast, Father, I pray that you would invite them into the dance and into the dirge. God, that they would they would enter into the place where you are, Jesus, that place of intercession between heaven and earth, between the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet, that you would invite them into the into the solemn call and the call to joy at the same time that we would see these this two expressions of this prayer movement rise up in America, that we would have the, the weeping and the shouts of joy going forth at the same time in our own hearts, in our own lives, and across the nations of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. If you do, please share it, uh, and that will help us get the word out again. And be sure to visit our website at PresencePioneers.org and subscribe to stay connected with us. Bless you. God's presence changes everything.